Welcome everybody back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having Drew Kimmelshu on. He's a he's a friend of mine that I got to meet on the Instagram world. So we were just talking trash about you know <laughs> phones and internet and social media and all that before we started uh, recording. But it has led to some good brotherhoods that I've found with some other dudes down the same path as me. So uh, Drew, I'm happy to have you on, man. Um, you want to go ahead and give yourself a little introduction to everyone how badass you are yeah <laughs> well i mean if that's all i gotta do i'm i'm, at, I'm badass <laughs> there you uh, go. well i appreciate the invite today this is great um and to be fair we've been working on this for a couple months so we're, yes. we're finally here um <laughs> and i'm grateful for you being patient with me as i uh, traveled across the world and stuff um anyways i'm drew um currently live in north wales in the uk i am from Oregon, uh, which is on the west coast of the United States. So if you're from the U.S., you probably recognize that. I, man, I have uh, a big resume. So I, uh, I sold the business a few years back, and I'm, I'm homeschooling right now my kids and working on a few other projects, um, most of it online. The, the I guess, I suppose uh, I, met, I met Trenton online because of a, um, a little course I put together called the Drew Method, uh, which we'll get into today, but it's a, a morning routine course. So um, anyways, that, that's, I, I suppose that's briefly who I am <laughs> and, and I'm sure you'll have a bunch of questions cause there's a, a lot of, to fill in there, but, uh, we'll start with that. Yeah, no, that's a good introduction, but that is brief. I don't think it, it doesn't justify how awesome you are for sure, but I've also <laughs> okay. been talking with you for a while. So, yeah, that's so, true. so you're a teacher, right? So you're actually teaching your children for the, for the homeschooling. Like you're not like the rest of us just trying to wing it. <laughs> uh so well i i suppose there's a measure of that as well i yeah. i'm not sure that teaching ever you ever fully figure it out especially um with different children so i, I have three girls uh, i have twin 11 year olds and i have an eight-year-old girl and nice. they all learn very differently and they all have passions in in different areas so um i'm definitely on my toes uh, quite often even with the experience that i have in teaching um so I, I have a master's degree in elementary education, um, and I uh, I got done with that, and I hated I hated it. <laughs> I, I mostly hated the public system, at least the system that I was a part of in Portland, Oregon. I couldn't stand being with kids that by second grade were like I, I hate learning mm. when it's such a natural thing for children um, just to learn. It's yeah. it's so natural. Um, but when they're sitting at a desk and you're forcing them to do uh, things that you want them or that you're told they have to learn and they start saying, I, I hate this uh, and they put their head on the desk. You know, I, I started to, to notice um, at that point. Um, so when I, when I actually graduated, uh, I told the, uh, uh, the administration, I, I wanted to go check out another school, uh, another system actually. So I went uh, and I observed at a Montessori school um, have you heard of Montessori? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that became my new passion. I, I went down that rabbit hole and uh, unfortunately it was another year master's to go through that program. So I decided I would just, instead of doing that again, in case I didn't like it, I, um, I got a job at one of the Montessori schools in Portland and um, I was able to sort of explore it from the inside. And my kids were going there. I had a great time. Uh, but after two years of that, I also said, okay, there, there's something else um, besides uh, being in a classroom for me. And a lot of it boiled down to that. Being in a classroom was not where I was meant to be. 
Um, so I, at that point, I was also selling a business. So I owned a coffee, uh, a franchise, of a, a, a pretty large, growing at that point, uh, become quite large since then, um, coffee company in Portland, Oregon. Um, and uh, I sold the franchise back to the corporate side. And my wife said, I think I want to go back to school. And I said, great. That sounds great. She said, I think I want to move to Wales. <laughs> The response was a little slower on that one. I, said, <laughs> I, I don't know about this. Oh, okay. Um, but we worked it out, and we we took the dive, and uh, we moved. Um, we moved to Wales, and we moved in. Uh, what was it? August twenty nineteen. So we started homeschooling, and I was essentially doing a Montessori system with my kids at home. And then, um, over time, it, it morphs. You, you start adding in different philosophies. Uh, or taking stuff away, or unschooling, or yeah. adding in a bit of this, a bit of that. I was going to ask you about unschooling, if that yeah. was more like what you were doing, yeah. Yeah, I lean pretty heavy into that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy watching my girls find their passions and helping them along. Um, but like any parent probably does, you freak out a little bit sometimes and say, oh, but they don't know what everybody else knows at the same time that everybody else yeah. is supposed to know it. Um and then you calm down and you get used to it and you say, okay, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay if, uh, if they're, because in some ways they're, they're way more advanced. Yeah. Their social, their social skills. I mean, they've been traveling the world now for, yeah. for three years. So they know how to handle things that most kids don't. Yeah. Um, and the things that they, they pick up are, I mean, they're dynamite. Yeah. Uh, whether it's art or musical instruments they're, they're or, able to learn and express themselves in the way that their brain works not in the way the average brain works like how exactly. school systems work yeah yeah it's because they're given that freedom yeah and um so so anyways we we moved started that and then the whole world went into homeschooling yeah. right <laughs> yeah uh so i i was pulled on to um uh, some sort of a, a live facebook chat at that point uh over here from a CrossFit gym I was going to, because the parents were like, well, we don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, how do we do this? So, so that was, that was a bit strange to be the resident expert in Wales on how to homeschool your kids. <laughs> uh, but even then, I, I don't know how you could be an expert. I mean, really, you just, you learn your kids and then you go, you just, yeah. you go to the library, you get a bunch of books. You, um, if they want to go do some sort of um, woodland activity, well, you take them to that and, all of a sudden you're knife carving in the woods <laughs> and you're like, how is it that there's like 10 kids around with really sharp knives and nobody's stabbed anybody. And all of a sudden they're coming <laughs> out with, they're not great spoons, but they're carving spoons and it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, that's, that's we, really, that's really cool. Yeah. We, we've had a great time. Well, so I, I have two children too, but six, five and just over one, they were getting ready to go into preschool when like the whole craziness happened. And so we decided to try homeschool. Preschool homeschooling is a little different than, yeah. you know, like you, you have older children. But I know that uh, we had a really hard time trying to choose the right place to send our kids. And we still don't know if it's the right place because there's the monastery schools, there's your private schools, there's your, you know, your religious schools, there's your public schools. It just seems like they all have their flaws. And, oh, yeah. they, and to me, it, it is the classroom because... I, I see it in my kids too. You know, my oldest, my oldest kid, she learns, um, she's very artistic, like everything she, she loves art. She wants to draw and she, she's a beautiful artist. She's just, she's really fantastic, but uh, like she brings her homework home and she's got 
on the back of it is covered in pictures and she's drawn <laughs> this elaborate scheme that goes with the work. Yeah. Um, but they don't exactly like that. Sure. And don't uh, doodle. Yeah. They're not so big on doodling and, and they try to teach them in a way that, because that's the way she learns, you know, she learns yeah. through pictures. She learns through, you know, play stuff like that. Uh, my son way more hands-on. He's the younger one. He's way more hands-on with everything too, but they also don't want kids to play all that much. You know, so I mean, that's it, how that's how humans have learned for all of eternity is play. Yeah. And that's what uh, they I stifle. Mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is if you go back to sort of the hunter gatherer uh, mindset, that that's what they do. They they get up and they 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 copy their parents and they copy the people around. So they build a little bow and arrow and they run around trying to shoot little squirrels. And <laughs> right, I mean, they're very skilled at what they do in, they, in that world. So it's it's play, play, play. And. I mean, yeah. in some cases, you're those, um, in some cases, they're not even doing much for the tribe until they're 15, 16 years old, because they're, they're literally just exploring. Until yeah, then. yeah and, just exploring. And then all of a sudden, when they become an adult, I mean, they already know all the skills that they need to survive and to thrive and to, um, to sort of take the tribe where it might need to go. Uh, yeah. And we don't, we don't certainly don't do that now. And it's really <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating. Oh, fuck. I'm in my 30s. I'm still trying yeah. to figure out what I need to do. <laughs> I know, exactly. That's a good mindset, though. Keep that one. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> No, it is funny, though, because the kids, they, that's exactly how they learn. And if you give a kid the space and the freedom to just play and to do stuff like that, like they'll build really cool shit with sticks. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, they'll whittle, they'll whittle knives and spoons <laughs> and not to hurt somebody. But because they're playing, they're exploring, right. they're learning right. things. And it, how natural is it to whittle down a stick and to carve something if you're sitting yeah. in the woods and you, you have a pocket knife? I watched um, a while ago, there was that documentary with Darren O'Lean. Um, oh, shit. Uh, down to Earth. Uh, uh, that act, the actor was in it. Mm -hmm. And um, they went to that school with, with Stephen Brooks, the Ecoversity. He's got this um, beautiful community. It's like permaculture regenerative culture in yeah. costa rica i think is where it was or uh punta mona maybe but anyways um they had a school like that and you know every child they have like these like giant knives for in their mm -hmm. art classes and stuff like yeah. that and there's like five to ten year olds running around <clears throat> and someone asks like oh my god you let them play with the knives and he's like why wouldn't I? Like we've not ever one time had an accident. Like they're children. The fuck's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> like you should know this. Yeah, like you should know. It. And I thought it was so it's funny. Nice. It is. I mean, it is. I mean, how how well we live in an overly safe society, right? Like we're afraid of everything. Um, but if you if you teach them or you show them or they watch you using a tool and using it responsibly, I mean, it only takes a time or two maybe cutting yourself to go, okay, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to keep doing that. So you, um, or you, I mean, you, you simply as, as an adult, you teach them, okay, you, when you're carving, you're carving away from yourself or your, whatever it might be, whatever tool they're using. Yeah. But they, I mean, my kids are cutting everything. I, I mean, they're cutting all the breads, they're cutting everything, the cheeses, we'll get around family and friends and they're like, that's a huge, why did you give them the biggest knife? And I'm like, because it's the sharpest one. They're like, why did you give them the sharpest one? Like, because it's the easiest to cut with, right? Yeah, because it, it works better. Because it works the best. Like, it, they don't have to use as much of their their muscle to do it. And it, it, it it's actually safer. Yeah. And my kids know not to like run around with a knife in their hand. So, <laughs> Oh, that's true. Because yeah, if you give them a dull knife, they got to press harder. 
it yeah. might slip. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, and it also is just badass that they're carrying around a massive <laughs> knife. <laughs> it's true, and then you get to answer those questions like, yes, like yeah, yes, it's more my, fun. My child is allowed to use a knife. Yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. not stupid. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give them I, a machete, and they'll be fine. Yeah. That's uh, last summer. My boy was, he just turned four and I, I like to cut wood. Um, for, yep. We we have a, a wood fired sauna and I love, I like cutting the wood, like that process of the work just makes totally. it more, more mindful. And we'll talk about mindfulness too mm-hmm. here later on, but it's part of that mindful practice for me. Mm-hmm. And my boy always wants to help cut the wood. And so I, he's got a little hatchet and it's, it's very sharp. <laughs> and uh and so i i let him help and uh and whenever we have someone over at the house and they see him cutting wood with me like they panic about yeah. it and i'm like you know he has to learn how to do things with his hands he right. has to learn and plus he wants to and i'm right. i'm never going to tell him no if if he never asked me if he could help i wouldn't make him mm-hmm. but he asked me so yeah i'm going to i'm going to let him help with whatever he wants to help i'm not ever going to tell my children that they can't do something is, you know, I want to give them the opportunity to learn it. And uh, if, if he fucking doesn't listen and, uh, and he cuts himself, well, you know, he's going to learn it. (laughs) I mean, one of the best ways to learn is through a bit of, a bit of pain, right? (laughs) I mean, it's true. One is funny because kids really like when you watch like children, they're, their form, their body posture, like the the ergonomics of a child is like perfect because they don't know how to cheat themselves. They don't know, you know, yeah, these, yeah. you know, the things that we learn as adults where we fuck ourselves up, like not wanting to look stupid, like bending your knees all the way to pick something up or whatever. And so children, like even at four, like he was swinging a hatchet the same way I was, you know, like he, he wasn't you know, lazily just kind of slinging it where I was afraid he was going to hurt himself. So, yeah. um, and I'm sure you see that with your kids whittling sticks in the, in the forest, like they naturally know to go away from themselves, you know, and they, that, that creativeness, it's just, it's not taught or it's not embraced rather. It's not embraced in the school system. No, not at all. I, I mean, it, it was embraced, embraced a bit more in the Montessori system that I was a part of, but in the public it was, I mean, it, yeah. you, you can't almost because you have to protect everybody because parents would be mad. Montessori, you know, you're getting into a little more. So kids are, you know, they're they're using tools that might be sharper or hot or something that could burn them. Well, so what is the big difference? Like the monastery, what, what exactly is the monastery school system? Like what's their, what makes them better than like a public school system or different? Well, oh man, there's a lot to that question. Yeah, uh, it's it just it in general, it's more student led. So there are there's a specific curriculum, but they have a very specific way of teaching it and very specific um, manipulatives and tools that they use to teach it. So the public school doesn't have any of those. So it's oh. very different in that way, which is why I was um, it was going to be necessary for me to get a second master's in that because it wasn't there was it wasn't similar hardly at all as far as the the tools. Um, but, but the kids get to come in and they get to choose what they want to do for the day. So you come in oh. and, and they go, Hey, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to create a movie. Okay, great. Like how are we going to create a movie? And then they're able to actually pursue that. And the guide, um, there's two, there's two teachers in the class. There's a guide and an assistant. The assistant would most likely help them with some of that movie stuff. 
the guide would be teaching these lessons uh, that were part of the curriculum. So they'd pull children out and say, okay, we're going to do a little grammar lesson over here. Uh, okay. Typically you're sitting on the floor or on a low desk, especially for younger kids. Um, everything is at their height. So, yeah. so everything, so they can reach access everything. Um, depending on the age group, it, the, the rooms get bigger, right? Like the desks, yeah. there's not actually, there's no desks. It's typically there's tables. Oh, I like um, that. That's yeah, cool. There's a lot of ground space to work on. I mean, cool. there's just a lot of freedom to do whatever. So kids would be getting tired in the morning and yeah. they'd say, can we just go run laps outside to wake up? Yeah, sure. Go run, you know, um, or they would say, we want to go, we want to go like, we want to do some research on primitive tools. So they would do some research and then they, we would go outside and they would make those tools. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that it was like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, that was why I enjoyed it so much just because, I mean, we would have kids in the class that would say, uh, I, I would like to learn to bake a, a, a cake. So you'd say, okay, great. Well, you need to find a recipe and they'd find a recipe. They'd write it down. They'd bring you the recipe and you'd say, okay, so there's the money box, go grab some money. And then we're going to walk across to the grocery store. You're going to buy all the ingredients and you have to make sure you have enough money uh and then you're going to come back and you're going to bake everything i'm here in case you need help with something but for the most part you're just there if they need you huh. and and then they come out with a full-on cake that they made they bought they you know they bought the ingredients they wrote the recipe mm -hmm. down um or, or if they're interested in let's say teslas they'll do some research on a tesla they'll call the local tesla dealer themselves or well we'd help them write out some questions yeah. They would, you know, a, an eight-year-old's calling the owner of a Tesla <laughs> company. Hi, I'm from the Montessori school and I'm really interested. In, can I set up a time to to meet with you? And I mean, the business owners love this. It's yeah, like, yeah cool. come on down. <laughs> so we would, we would, you know, with parents' permission, we'd drive them down to the Tesla place and, and uh, they would interview the owner and they would, you know, get to sit in the cars and, you oh, know, whatever cool. they were in. Yeah, whatever they're interested in, you really, you tried as hard, the best you could to, to yeah. get them in those places so they could explore and learn. Um, and within all of that, you're finding writing, reading, math. It's it's all there. It's in everyday life. Yeah, so, the, so they're so. still getting the curriculum. Like, yep. That's really cool. I did not yep. know that monasteries were like that. Because yep. there, there's one not too far from us. We we went a different route for kindergarten. <laughs> we might change that up this time. Hey, on. Yeah, at least, at least visit and... and it, it, if you get to go just they probably would have you do this anyways but just sit in the corner and just watch for a couple hours well so do monastery schools do they offer athletics for children um the one that i was at it did yeah 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 so you had um it, it was minimal so they had a basketball team i also worked in uh fourth fifth sixth grade so that's the other thing about montessori is they're mixed age groups which is great so you oh, get nice, fourth yeah. fourth fifth sixth in a group in a in a class which is when you have a younger and an older student it, it's beneficial for both of them right the older students um get to help younger students they get to guide them they have a bit of leadership the younger students get to um get to kind of copy and watch and yeah. emulate what the older students do a bit more natural like it would be in communities rather yeah. than everybody's the same age in the same class and yeah there's not a lot of diversity yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's, that's nice as well. But um, yeah, there were some sports, but a lot of the kids played sports outside in different, uh, different leagues or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they did have a basic stuff at the school. 
Oh, that's not too bad then. That's something I always worry about as a dad. Like I worry about them being able to participate in certain sports, but it seems like most schools, they communicate or collaborate with, with local schools, even if they don't have the team themselves. So that's not too bad at all. So what was, so what's the big downfall between like monastery and then unschooling or like the homeschooling slash unschooling that you're doing now? Yeah. So, well, you, you mentioned something earlier about sort of you seeing the negatives and the positives to everything. Mm-hmm. So um, it, that's why I tend to grab a little bit from there, a little bit from there. I find, oh, that's inspiring. Um, but I would say with the unschooling, I mean, it, it could be as drastic as you want or, you know, you can you know, sort of take it slow. Yeah. But you, like, if you go all the way with unschooling, it's sort of like, and I don't do this, I, I haven't made it this far, where you it's sort of, your kids get to do anything and everything that they want and you are there to facilitate it right yeah. um i haven't haven't released everything quite that much it's <laughs> uh, i suppose it takes a while to get there for some people yeah for um, sure. so i i mean we still regulate like screen time yeah uh, stuff like that like i just it just feels irresponsible for me uh, mm-hmm. to let them be like yeah i'll take 10 hours on the screen today i i mean i see <laughs> what happens after an hour on a screen they yeah. become little zombies and they like, yeah. they want to, they just want to fight each other. And you're like, wow, I, I, I feel like I have to control this. Yeah. Um, so unschooling is, is sort of no curriculum. I mean, it could be curriculum or no curriculum <laughs> or you introduce sometimes curriculum. Like one of my, a couple of my kids, they really like some of the curriculums. So, um, so I'll introduce math uh, online with one of my girls and she, she eats it up and the other ones are not big fans. So they'll do some math with other games. And um, so, yeah, it's really just following the child in, in most ways. Yeah. So and then, so just letting like the individual really kind of control their learning. In, in most ways. Yeah. And uh, you have to do a lot of work as a, as a parent to allow yeah. that. Cause yeah. especially if you've come from uh, the public system, it's, it's ingrained in us to be like, no, you need to learn this at this time and this way, this is how I learned it. Yeah. And then, you know, I got to test you on that. Um, and I, I'm not so sure that that's um, the greatest. Or it, it may for some kids, it's great. And others, yeah. it's it's not so good. So uh, I just know what I'm doing. And yeah, it seems to be working with my girls and they're just great little humans. So <laughs> <laughs> How about the school system, like the, the regular curriculum, I think it seems like it's more designed for to teach children how to memorize shit mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of learn things. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's not really a good way to go through life. Like you can know that Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 all right. you want, but it's right. not going to help you. <laughs> but like, how does that help me today right now? <laughs> yeah. Like in this fight that I'm having with my sister, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, there's something to be said for knowing some history or some facts, but to just memorize stuff, to take a test, yeah. to appease the system so that they get their funding yeah. And everybody, and, and we can show some data that look, look what we've done. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I'm three years, four years removed from it. So I yeah. suppose I'm getting probably further and further off the, going off the cliff even further yeah. to where I want my girls to have um, a, a lot of say in what they do in life. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are times where I'm like, no, you are coming with me to the forest for a walk. I don't want to, I don't want to. But then you get there and they're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm really happy that I came here. Yeah. And so you still kind of push them to do stuff like that. They don't just get to sit around and do nothing. <laughs> um, so you, you're, you're constantly pushing them to do things or, or, or offering different, uh, 
different ideas or topics if they don't know what to do yeah. um, until something um, catches or they sometimes you just let them go for 15 minutes of boredom and they all of a sudden they're off for three hours yeah cre creating on their own and you're like this is amazing like i couldn't have taught you that you figured all that out on your own and it's amazing <laughs> and you already did that yeah well it really is cool because like you said earlier kids they just they just learn that's what they do it's natural they're good at it and they'll they won't ever fucking stop doing it so yeah well unless you force them too much then they they're like yeah i'm yeah. done i don't want to do but, so I, don't mean I, to, I don't mean to harp on them too much. I mean, yeah. I, I like to because I think it's necessary. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of kids in there and they need to be yeah. you know, taken care of. So uh, hopefully for them, they, they find the education that they need. But yeah, that's uh, totally but I've had my I've had my fill and I, I hope to to never have to to do that for my kids, although they may choose at some point to go. Hey, you know, what? we want to go to a public school and that'll be a challenge for me, but at some point when they're older, if they, if they choose that, I'll, I'll probably, you know, yeah, sure. Give that a shot. See what you yeah. think. <laughs> see, what you think. see how <laughs> drastically different it is for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Watch your freedom see. slip away. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, are you, you're familiar with uh, Ben Greenfield, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know him that well. I followed him for a bit, but. Yeah. Uh, he, he does the unschooling. Um, okay. But, but they're, they're uh, the way that, they unschool is uh because he's pretty busy he's a pretty busy dude he doesn't have the ability really to to teach at all his kids so what what they do and what a lot of the communities in the unschooling are doing is they're hiring like mm. contractors or mm -hmm. you know to teach uh you know say geometry or mm -hmm. you know just uh, architects stuff like that and they're te they're hiring like outsourcing people to come like yeah. to do a project like a which I thought was really cool. Like hire someone who owns a contracting business or an architect and say, um, you know, come over to the house for, for a week or whatever, and we're going to build a tree house. And that's how that's they're going to learn. Yeah. How cool is that? That is it's, cool as fuck. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's geometry, it's hands-on. I mean, it's so engaging. And at the end you have a, a full on project and yeah. it was, it was guided by an expert in their field. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't your parents, which is right. like, extra good at, at times right like kids love that they're like oh i didn't have to be and my dad didn't have to tell, teach me that i got to go to somebody else and with a bunch of kids yeah yeah absolutely i think that, yeah. that i thought it was really cool too and i thought man that's that's a really great idea that's yeah a, that's a great idea and then you're also getting other people in the community involved in raising your kids almost like how it was tribally you know how children yeah. learn the best you know during the same time that you switched to like the monastery and like you were going through all those transitions like that's when you developed the drew method right it was during this time uh that was the beginning of the drew method so it it was i never set out to actually create the drew method um it was uh it was sort of me exploring and playing with different um, different things in the morning that would help me right i'm getting up early to open coffee shops uh, or uh, at some point I wasn't, it wasn't quite as early, but I'm still getting up, got young kids and you just yeah. sort of throw some food in your mouth and go. Yeah. And you do that for year after year with no structure, no organization. I mean, I mean, it really beats you down. At least it did for me. So, um, I took a, I took a mindfulness meditation course, eight week course. And, um, man, that was, um, that was fantastic. 
But when I introduced that to the sleepy, tired mornings, um, I just kept falling asleep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I kind of was like, oh, this is this is better during the day or at night, right before bed. It, it sort of calms me. Um, but so I, I had to find another way. So I, I think at that point I had tried some cold showers, but I wasn't having it at that point. Um, so I, I kind of <laughs> gave that up. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, we, when we moved to to Wales, it became a bit more necessary for me uh, to figure out my mornings because I, I sold the business. My best, my, my business partner and best friend had moved away. Uh, I had moved away. Uh, we were in a different country, a country I, I didn't necessarily want to be in. Um, I, so I found myself sort of s- slipping into. I wasn't depressed, but I was. I had my sad mornings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I started, I found I was going to a CrossFit gym early in the morning, but I, I don't particularly enjoy working out right away. Yeah. I, I like doing it a little later in the day, but I found that I was so energized after class. That was the only thing that kept me going. I was like, I feel yeah. amazing. I feel amazing. <laughs> so I'll keep going. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then I, I, I met a, I met another guy from America here uh, and he and I did a after Christmas they have a thing called Boxing Day here and they had a polar plunge oh cool yeah so he and I said ah sure let's do it we dressed up in like Santa gear and <laughs> you know with everybody else and and we we ran and jumped in the ocean and we ran out and we looked at each other and we're like what the hell was that that was amazing let's do it again so we ran back in and and it sort of set something off in us. So yeah. we we started just going up into the mountains and the in the rivers here in Snowdonia National Park and finding the cold water. And we just we'd we'd hike, so we'd be in nature hiking. Um so it was the whole process. It wasn't just the cold, but yeah, we'd hike, we'd hike in, um, have great conversation, we'd get in the water, uh, we'd get out, we'd have uh, a cup of coffee and a shot of whiskey. Great, <laughs> yeah. great conversations yeah and it just became a beautiful rhythm for us and it was it was necessary but then i at that point i started introducing cold every morning like in the shower again well i was either yeah shower i bought a little blow up um yeah. a little blow up pool for the backyard yeah yeah um eventually i bought a um i bought a whiskey barrel and i cut the top off yeah, fuck yeah. And, and made my own <sighs> That was amazing. Cutting open a whiskey barrel that's never been opened. Oh, oh that smell awesome. It's just it's gorgeous. It was fantastic. Does it still have the smell at all? Not anymore. No, Not anymore, that's no. definitely gone. Oh, uh, but the, sm- the smell lasted for uh, probably a few weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so the Drew Method has been sort of an evolution over the last probably four or five years for me. Yeah. Um, coffee's always been a part of it, just because that's the the profession I've been in for twenty years. Um, but these other pieces have now f- slowly fit into place properly where I'm not falling asleep meditating because I'm, I'm doing natural movements, hopefully outside, uh, yeah. if I can get outside uh, before that. And then when I move into meditation, I mean, I, I'm, I'm awake. My, um, I, I've introduced some oxygen to my brain. I've moved my body. And then I can actually, uh, with a little bit of breath, breath work before, I can, I can sit in meditation and not fall asleep. Yeah, and, and actually enjoy get it. and enjoy it and, and find you know find that i'm bringing myself much more present and aware um yeah so that's kind of how it came about and then you know everybody's locked down and i was like what the hell am i gonna do well i might as well create a course 
yeah. so I just started filming myself in the backyard and <laughs> um you know I I wrote it out and filmed myself and then I, I tried to build a website and well, I'm terrible at building websites. It's hard. It is, it is not easy. So I, I found a buddy that helped me finish that piece off. And, nice. and then, um, yeah, that it's kind of how it, it came about. So oh, you're lucky to have that buddy. Like, yeah, Caitlin and I struggle so fucking hard with technology. Yeah. Oh, it's so do you, do you guys build your own website or do you, uh, Caitlin, like God bless her soul. She is, she's so much more patient than I am with technology. <laughs> yeah. So she, she did all that. She built, um, she built the website for our books. She built the website for, um, she also runs an online clothing boutique. She yeah. built that website. Um, oh my gosh. and then she built the website for the gym too. Yeah. So she's like, she's, she's getting good at it. <laughs> that's the thing is if you just sit down and do it, you slowly learn it. Oh, but it, it's so much, it's a lot of work because it's, it's tedious and it's not, it is not even close to meditative. <laughs> no, no, at least not for certain types of people, right? So yeah, that's I, true. Definitely not. Yeah, no, you're right though. There, there are some tech people out there that really do enjoy that type of thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah I don't mean to exclude any of you. Yeah. <laughs> we know there's some that love it. Yeah. I just, I'm not one of them either, man. Yeah, that's no, for sure. But we yeah. do, we have a lot in common with the, with the coffee and the ice plunging and the meditative stuff in the morning. I love that. So I wanted to ask you earlier, what was the coffee brand that you helped to start and then sold out of? <laughs> um, I'll probably keep that on the DL. Uh, I, I just said figured, that. It, yeah. I just. Uh, I, I think you asked me that on Instagram, and I, I don't think I. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think I responded. <laughs> I thought you ghosted that that question too. Yeah, so I, I figured maybe that wasn't something that you wanted to talk about. So that's cool, though, man. I, I totally get that. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it's been, it was an amazing part of my life and yeah. time. Uh, there's just certain things that I probably won't share on. For, on the interweb <laughs> i don't blame you brother i don't blame you at all i i love coffee too when i was uh i think i was 14 years old my parents had the opportunity to take over a little coffee shop in our hometown yeah. um it didn't last real long there just wasn't the the foot traffic and the, it was the town had like a thousand people in it is oh, yeah. literally called the village the village um so it was uh it just didn't have it but yeah. it, it was a really fun time like i got to really learn <laughs> a lot about coffee when i was young and um and so my experience with coffee, uh, like kind of has just been growing and growing ever since then. So it was, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. And I know I've, I've also tried your coffee. You have your Drew Method coffee brand. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what the one that's in the black bag, which one yeah. is that? That's, that's the mind, the mindful blend. Yeah. That's what I like yeah. the most is and the mindful blend. Yeah. 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 It, it's it. So for people that know coffee a bit, it's uh, there's, there are different sort of roast profiles um their blends their single origins uh currently i offer two just so i can sort of cast a wide net here yeah. um i know that a lot, i mean i have learned over the years that i like coffee a specific way but there's no sense in pushing what everything i like on everybody because most people like something slightly different so so i offer a bit more of a medium medium roast uh blend and then i offer a single origin that's a lighter roast so you, you sort of retain some of those yeah. um sweeter and fruitier flavors uh, mm. that you don't get when you roast a coffee a little longer you sort of lose some of that so oh yeah what way do you do your coffee in the morning you hand grind your coffee too don't you uh i, I have in the past yeah. it just depends on where i'm at in life yeah. uh yeah so i went through a phase where i only wanted to hand grind right i wanted to be closer to the coffee experience yeah so, almost like a dieta type of experience like you're really yeah. getting into it with the yeah with the coffee bean yeah 
Yeah, my it drove my wife crazy when we'd go camping, and I was like, "You want a cup of coffee?" She's like, "Oh God, is it going to take twenty minutes?" <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It hand is. grind, hand <laughs> grind, and then slow pour over. Oh, I got to heat the water on the the fire, and um, uh, there's there's something nice. Everything's when it's sort of primal like that. Yeah. However, is. I do understand the efficiency. Uh, when I'm when I'm doing that, I understand why people want something where you can push a button and wow, there's a coffee in thirty seconds. <laughs> I don't like the flavor of it, and I think you lose a lot um, in the process. But I, I, I mean, I, I get why people want that. Yeah, no, I, I totally get. It. I know most of most of my life, like we talked, I think before we started recording, I just I'm in that shift now where I'm not that I didn't have the time before, but I really have the time now where I can actually enjoy certain aspects of life. And I didn't enjoy coffee for like the last twelve years because it was my fuel <laughs> that's ah, what, yes yeah like i was drinking oh fuck i don't know the two pots of coffee wow. a day yeah like wow. uh, i you, actually you, you drank it to stay alive it wasn't yeah, it yeah. Wasn't an enjoyable <laughs> no ritual. it wasn't yeah no it was i because i realized that energy drinks were garbage yeah. and uh but i also realized that working the 100 hour weeks i was i had to have something i at, at least i felt like i did and so like the cold plunging helps a lot keeping you yeah. energized but you know when i'd hit like i'd hit like day 12 of you know the 16 18 hour days i just i oh, couldn't God. you know i just can't do no more so like so i i lost a lot of respect for coffee during that time and i'm actually i'm about a week out of having coffee at all um okay. so i have because i i decided that i needed to get back to enjoying coffee the way that yeah. I did before. So I, instead of doing coffee in the morning, I've been drinking hot cacao instead. Um, and that's because I do want to actually enjoy my coffee again, the way that I remember doing so um, when I was a teenager. And my parents opened that little coffee shop, like actually loving the flavor of the coffee, feeling good, not getting this like dramatic spike from it and yeah. then crashing later, like actually feeling good with the coffee. So yeah. taking a break. And I used to kind of cycle off and out of the caffeine. Like I do two, three weeks on the caffeine and then take like a week off just because of the adenosine receptors and letting the caffeine kind of fade away so that they're not yeah. clogged all the time. Um, yeah. So you can sleep correctly, but I did it that way in the beginning. And now I realized that like, I just kind of, I ruined myself on coffee because I was drinking two pots of tea. <laughs> oh man. I don't, and it probably, I, I mean, I, you can prove me wrong here, but it probably wasn't great coffee. So we were drinking, excuse me, for the most part, we were drinking Keon coffee, oh. which is a uh, bed. That was, you were spray. drinking two pots of that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, um, it was a lot, man. It was yeah. a lot of coffee. And I, and I do love coffee. Like Caitlin, uh, my wife, she will, she'll probably never, ever quit coffee. Like whenever I'd go on the decaf, the thing she would like, she'd be so upset because she'd drink her coffee. And then she'd realize that it was decaf from the pot. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, uh, what the hell? Why'd you do that? <laughs> so she actually does it for the energy boost. And for the flavor. Yeah, she loves She Yeah, she loves Like, she'll drink. Kate's pretty good about drinking, like, maybe one cup. Like, through, like, she doesn't pound it either. She'll drink it from, she does her meditations in the morning. So she'll wake up early, 4.30 or something. And she'll go downstairs with her cup of coffee. And she'll sit on the couch and she'll do her, her morning writing and meditation right there. And I'm not that type of, like you were saying earlier, I can't meditate in the morning because yeah. I just fall back asleep. And yeah. so I have to move my body in order to get into that flow state. 
So yeah. I want to talk yeah. more about that. Like, uh, I think it's really cool. You have you have an Instagram page called The Walks, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I I love those the videos that you post, man. That's that's all in Wales, right? Yeah. So what I so during the COVID stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> we probably don't need to get into the COVID stuff. The but COVID stuff. The COVID <laughs> stuff. Um, we were we were locked down pretty hard here. Um, so I tested it for a while. I didn't really know what that all meant. I mean, nobody did, right? So right. I was going out and, and walking. So we live on Anglesey, um, which is an island just off the coast of North Wales. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned in one of your um, interactions with somebody on your podcast, the, the Druids. Yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I think that there was a, a, a Druid population here. Oh, really? So, yeah, I thought oh, you might that's be cool. Yeah, that. that's yeah. cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so there's a, yeah. there's a coastal path that goes around the whole island. It's about 130, 135 miles or so. So I started walking that every Friday. I, you know, my wife would take the girls and I would go out for, for a walk. And yeah. so I, I, I did the whole island and then I was the, like, the 135 mile coastline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I mean, I did it over a, a large chunk cause I could only well, go right, out on yeah. Fridays. So right. I, I probably did about average 10 miles every Friday. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then I grabbed, I bought a GoPro and I was like, let's do this again, but let's film it this time. Yeah. So I actually, I just finished, I think I have 26 or 27 videos up and I walked the whole Island and then I slowed it down and put some, some peaceful music to it. Yeah. Um, the idea was, I think the idea was just to put something online that kind of counteracted a lot of the noise. Yeah. I like that. And it does. It does. When you watch them videos, it's like, it's like you're there, like you're yeah. on the hike yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, I mean, I, when I started, I didn't have them very, the first four are pretty quick, actually. I actually had some friends say, I can't watch it. It's making me sick. Um, Cause I'm, I'm bouncing a lot. And, oh, but okay, I, yeah. I, I slowly over time, as you do, you learn and I, I learned to slow them down a bit. And so you get, um you get a, a pretty, a pretty nice smooth walk. You can yeah. tell I'm walking cause I'm bouncing a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they're great for you put it I just put it up on on the TV screen in the mornings and oh, you get yeah. it's like a it's like background ambiance with a beautiful yeah. walk and some music you don't have to watch or you might catch yourself going oh wow that's really pretty um, <laughs> so it's sort of just to bring uh, bring me back yeah. down to away from the the chaos I guess a bit and have you ever come across like any piece of land or any like any structure like that felt like sacred ground or anything on your walks like a like a giant rock or just something that just felt you know like you had that sacred feeling to it so i tend to find that in forests yeah and the island has it has a few forests so yeah there's a few spots here then when i'm in the forest i definitely it's sort of that sort of that mysterious mystical um sensation that you get um, I would say if you ask my wife, some of these big standing stones that are around should be like, oh, God, that's amazing. Like, I feel yeah. that when I'm near it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, the the history here is is so old, right? Yeah. There's so people, deep. people inhabiting in. I can't say the word uh, habit. Inhabited. Inhabiting. Inhabiting. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, people have been inhabiting this land for so long. Yeah. Um, that. It, it it feels it, it just feels deep here yeah and, and they inhabited it so respectfully for so long like the especially probably where you're at on that little coastal island like those those were some of the last places 
to be taken over by the Romans and yeah, the, they're, the British they're a long Empire. Ways. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it took. But the I think it was Scotland was the was one of the last to be conquered by the Romans, or maybe they never even made it. Actually, if I'm remembering right, and then the the um the Anglo's actually came in and and defeated them afterwards. But anyways, yeah, those like those places have so much sacred civilization. Yeah, deep, well, then it, deep there. It, it's really interesting to read some. I I like history. I never remember history, so um. Whoever's listening to this may say that that's not quite right, but yeah, I'll try to get the gist. <laughs> but some of the some of the old cultures, um, when the Romans would come through, they would build their big their big towns with very straight roads. And um, when they actually departed and they just left, they just left everything there. The locals wouldn't. They wouldn't. You would imagine they'd be like, "Look at it, it's like a palace. Go take it over." They yeah. wouldn't. They just they didn't it. inhabit it. They didn't take it over. <laughs> they didn't use it. It was almost like. No, that's trash compared to the forest that yeah. we live in or the, the land that we live on. Like, why would we want to take that over? Yeah. Or there could have been some there could have been some sort of like um like a bad juju or something yeah. they felt around it. Yeah, uh, it's sure. really interesting. I, I'm just imagining I'm like, man, if somebody left a palace on my land, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm taking that now. Yeah, that's but my no, palace now. They they did not want it. when the Romans left, they did not a lot of them didn't take over those those uh, properties. I can see that though. Like the the people in that area that were indigenous were so connected to the land that mm -hmm. those yeah, things smart yeah they were very smart yeah absolutely i think that's something like kind of with the unschooling we were talking about yeah. earlier like that's a huge part of humanity that's being lost more and more every every generation is the connection to the land connection to the earth the trees the stones like mm -hmm. just knowing just for one knowing how to protect yourself and defend yourself and to yeah. defend for yourself in those places is something yeah. that I'd bargain to say that a, a good three quarters of our population today that lives in a civilized country wouldn't manage for more than a week or so. Oh, no. Uh, and that's really kind of sad when you think about uh, the state that our world is in right now. Like if if you turn on the news for 20 minutes, you know, it would appear that is that within just a snap of a finger, the world could change as we know it. And I don't know oh, yeah. how true it is, but, you know, if just the thought is a bit spooky yeah, though it is a bit spooky yeah and, and just in case something like that ever did to it happen like if three quarters of the planet doesn't even know the difference between an oak tree and a maple tree or you know what woods burn hot and what woods you know what woods have certain food supplies you know whatever um yeah how to forage how to hunt yeah like like you said you the kids making knives out of sticks you know if if someone knows nothing of the forest and yeah. of the land then how could they ever survive a world where they have to rely on that land and we've been relying on the land i just saw something the other day that said there was a hominin species found like three and a half million years ago now that very wow. closely resembles homo sapien and wow. before that we thought like four hundred thousand years you know so humanity we've been around fuck maybe three and a half million years or longer right. you know and yeah. only the last who knows how accurate it is um maybe ten thousand years have we been living in this civilized agriculture? Agriculture, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Whatever. And then where we are now, of course, this technological uh, revolution has insanely <laughs> changed humanity. Um, yeah. Very quickly, too. Yeah, super quickly. And I, I think it's really cool. I, I love the walks that you do. I love it's funny that you said that because I, I didn't know that the there was Druid history and stuff there, but watching the videos they do feel sacred. They feel yeah. powerful. They they really do have that, like that spiritual connection is there. 
just watching the footage. That's, that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> that you can watch that and just kind of get that sense. Oh, I love it. I, when you, whenever you post one and I like, I just like, oh, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> have you been over to YouTube to watch a full clip? No, you have them on YouTube too. Oh I'll, yeah. So I'll have I, to check that out. So the, there's a link on the Instagram, but if you, if you oh, go okay. to YouTube, um, they're, yeah, they're all, you know, between 35 and 55 minutes. What, so that's, what's your, what's your YouTube channel? What's the, uh, um... it's, it's the walks. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, unfortunately there's, I, I'm not right up on the top of the list. So if you type in the walks, you might get a band named the oh. walks. Oh, right. So if you go to the Instagram link though, and just um, click on the link there, click, if you go to the walks, click on the link, it'll take you to YouTube. But yeah, just pop that up on YouTube on your your big screen TV if you have one, uh, or the computer screen, and uh, have your kids eat breakfast while they're watching that. It's great. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, my kids would think that was so cool. Listen, yeah. for anyone listening, um, for one, you need to follow Drew. He's at the Drew Method on Instagram, and then um, the walks is at the walks, right? Oh my goodness. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm trying to trying to remember exactly what it is here. I can pull that up real fast. I'll make sure it's in the show notes too. Yeah. Are you talking about on Instagram? Yeah. 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 So it's actually just the underscore walks. Okay. So, um, yeah, and so then right below there's a YouTube channel link. So you can follow okay. and, and watch some of the bigger, the full, the full length walks. Yeah. Check, check that stuff out for all the listeners out there. Cause that's, it really is cool. And if you, you follow people like Drew and you follow the walks, um, you're, social media experience is going to be better than it probably is <laughs> right now so it, uh, it, yeah it's a little bit of calm in the chaos yeah and we all need that we yeah. all need that for sure yeah. but what latitude are you at there like you're gonna, you're gonna make me look this up on google aren't you <laughs> well so okay so i'm i'm from northern <laughs> michigan originally is it is it more north than uh like than I, think northern I'm, I think i'm on a similar latitude as alaska but let me just double check oh here. okay Okay. Uh, I think the, the southern part of Alaska, who? So is that probably like the 40th or something, the 30, 35th, maybe? Wherever it is. It, Got to go back to my geography class here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, it's kind of, it's more, it's a little north of Montreal. So, okay. so it's, but it's, but it's interesting. It's, it's not real snowy here. Okay. It, it gets fairly cold, but it's pretty mild in general. It's really rainy. So, a typical day here would be maybe 45, 45 degrees. And then it, it, it low and a 50 degrees high huh. or 50 or 52 degrees high. Oh, right. On. So, so it's a pretty small swing. Yeah. Whereas in Oregon, where I'm from, it'll be like 32 in the morning and like yeah. 65 or 70 during the day. So these massive temperature yeah. swings, whereas here it, it just, it doesn't do that as much. Yeah. It, 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 um, but we do stay light till maybe 11 at night. Oh, that's cool. thirty. Like you like, see, like in oh, the summers. Yeah, that's that's cool. That, Northern Michigan's the same way. The first time I brought Caitlin up there um, for a vacation, it was like August, and it was ten thirty at night, and the sun was yeah. starting to go down. And she was like, "Oh my god, it's almost eleven o'clock, and it's still yeah. like that's just when you're north. Like, trust yeah. me, in the winter times, it's not fun because the sun oh. don't rise till like nine, and it's going down at like three <laughs> thirty. Yeah, yeah, you pay for it on the other side, don't you? exactly yep that's how it is well so it being like a consistent like between like i think you said like the 40s and 50s that means that your water temperature is probably in your 40s then right for for yeah. your like natural cold plunges yeah so currently we actually 
so that now that I said it doesn't snow, it snowed yesterday and it's snowing tomorrow. <laughs> so we do get a bit of that. Um, yeah. So tomorrow, I, the water in my in my whiskey barrel should be in the mid to low 30s. I, I'm hoping. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah. there, there was ice around the outside of the edges this morning. Nice. Um, it, it was it was painful, I should say. <laughs> and, and we'll get back to talking about the cold um, the cold immersion yeah. up in the mountains. When it snows, I'm in a similar place, right? It's it's probably mid to low 30s. So you get it, it burns, right? You, you know, ice <laughs> oh, baths yeah. burn, they burn, oh, yeah. Yeah. you come out and you're red. So, yeah. but, and I wanted to get to this too. Um, a cold shower is great. Uh, to me, it's the hardest thing to do. I agree hundred percent. Getting, getting in a bin full of ice water, getting in a cold lake with snow all around you, like that is doable for me yeah. and, and, and enjoyable and, yeah. and pain and cold. It's painful at times. <laughs> yeah. But the cold shower is is the most challenging. So it, I typically start people out uh, in the Drew Method on a cold shower, uh, with the caveat that it it's it it is going to be the the hardest one to do. Um, <laughs> and then when you move into getting if they can get a bin or if they can find a natural water source, then you know it, it's actually I I think it's more um, it's more doable. Oh, uh, what do you think? Oh, I, yeah. dude, I'm I'm with you 100 percent because like when you're in the shower. You can easily turn that knob to hot from the yeah. cold. You can easily yeah. step out yeah. of the water. You can easily be like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, it's yeah. Well, and it's, you have you have like little beads like poking at you on one side, and the other side doesn't get it, right? So yeah, you got to be like spinning in circles. Yeah, got- <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so frustrating uh, to me when I have to do the showers, but yeah. you know what? It, it's still better than nothing to me. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I tell people the same thing because people are like, oh, maybe I'll start with a cold shower. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> if you want to stick to the program, like if you can do a cold shower, like fucking rock on. You're awesome yeah. to be able to do a cold shower and to stick to it because yeah. I'm the same way. I'll do one if I know like, well, I'm I'm on vacation. I'm out of town, whatever. I know I don't have the opportunity to do a cold plunge. But if the opportunity is there for me to plunge in a body of water, it's so much easier just knowing yeah. I just got to fall in. Once I'm in, I'm there. And my whole body is compressed hydrostatically with this cold ass water. And uh, and it's, it really is exhilarating. Do you feel the same way about that? Absolutely. It, um, there's, I don't, I mean, there's no, there's no sensation that I found quite like the cold water. Um, and I think it's, I guess in more spiritual terms, like it feels almost like a daily rebirth yeah and, and i think water in in different religions is is sort of seen as sort yeah. of washing clean or rebirth or whatever um so not to turn it into a hyper spiritual thing um but but it can be that yeah. um but for me it's it's something that i do I, I mean i rarely miss it and i i know there's i know there's just lists of benefits now yeah and i don't even remember all those benefits Cause I don't do it for the benefits. Like I, I, I do it because of the immediate benefit, right? Like, yes. Um, I, I see people saying, well, it, it does this to your brown fat and all this. And I'm like, what the hell is brown fat? Like, okay, I got to <laughs> do some. And, and that's great. Like, I think the benefits are really important and they're great. But for me, it's like, I get in and I have to every morning kind of lean into this dread, right? I'm like, I don't want to do this. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> and and I've, I've never once done it and got out and been like, I shouldn't have done that. I, every okay. time I do it, I'm like, I'm so happy that I actually went yeah. through that dread and I leaned yeah. into it. Um, cause I, cause you just, it, 
immediately feel better. You feel calm, calmer, I should say. Yeah. You know, for me, it's it's helped with stress and anxiety and yeah. and it, it's sort of, I know that in the mental health world, I think some are starting to use this now with depression yeah. and, and you know, you, you put yourself in little bits of, of stress that are controlled and safe. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully you come out the other side after some practice with better ability to cope with stress yeah. or respond to it rather than react to it. Yeah, so. I, I, I totally think that you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think that when you deliberately endure stress, like, you know, this is going to suck because you do every time you go to take an ice bath, oh, you're yeah. never like, fuck, yeah, I can't wait yeah. to jump in this 30 yeah. degree tub of water. It's right. it's going right. to be so great. But you do know that after your body goes into a little state of shock and it floods your body with these hormones, like, and you get out of the water, you know, you're going to feel better. And yeah. you do, because I'm the same way. Like every, every day I go to do the ice plunge. I'm like, here we go again. Like I, yeah. I'm so crazy for doing this. Like, and yeah, you never want to, but you want the way you feel afterwards. Cause yeah. you do. And yeah. I, I think That's it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, I'm sure you know Tony Robbins and anyone who's yeah. listening, I'm sure probably knows of him too. He calls his daily cold plunge a soul win. Um, ah. And he says the same thing, you know, like I tell myself I'm going to do this every day. And so that's the goal. And so if I don't achieve that goal, then I lose. And I know it's going to suck. <laughs> I yeah. know it's going to take my breath away. You know, I might even say some swear words, whatever. But yeah. once <laughs> I take back control of my body and my mind in that situation and I breathe in that cold water and I realize and my body realizes like my monkey that's driving my car sits the fuck down because yeah. I told it to because I said yeah. I'm doing this and then yeah. I fucking do it. And the monkey sits down and shuts up. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. And when I get out, I'm going to get out. I just won. And now I have more control over my mind than I did before I did it. Yeah. yeah. I, and that's key right there that you, yeah. you've taken back that control. Yeah. And that's what, with depression and anxiety, that's whenever we feel that way, it's because we've given up that control to a certain part of our ego uh, or a certain part of maybe a trauma or something that we felt and, uh, and we're coping with it in, in that type of way. And so we kind of fucked up. And so yeah. we got to gain, got to get our control back, you know, yeah. just yeah. that's all it is. And, and the ice bath is fucking wonderful for that because no one ever has ever, you know, joyfully said it. Now, if you're doing a polar plunge and there's a bunch of people around, it's a little different because there's the energy of everybody else. But when you're by yourself in your backyard and you're looking in your whiskey barrel full of ice water <laughs> and no one's around, it's just you and that barrel of water. It's so fucking easy to say, nah, fuck it. I'm not yeah. doing it this morning. Yeah. But when yeah. you do it and you actually do it, like you just, your soul wins every time. I, I have to do it because I come in and I have three girls going, how is it today, dad? So, <laughs> I mean, I have some accountability there. There right? you go. Yeah, you have yeah. the accountability. Yeah. I, like, I was nah. going to say two, a couple things about that is, is one is, um, have you, I think it's Andrew Huberman, Huberman, yeah. Huberman. Yeah. He mentioned, I was listening to something uh, on the cold immersion with him and he, he was talking about sort of. Um, if you just sit, you could actually calm yourself, right? You could breathe through it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a different, there's different levels to it. So like, if you move around, it's colder, it's more yeah. uncomfortable. I, I've been messing around more with that lately too, right? Because yeah. at some point you can go, yeah, I can sit in cold water for three to five minutes, no problem. Yeah. 
but then when you actually are sitting in it and you're trying to move yeah you're like oh i don't even know if i can make it two minutes now <laughs> so, so it's playing with it so for any people yeah. that are listening if they have been doing it and they're like i've mastered the three minutes or the five minutes <laughs> maybe try to move around a bit so yeah shift your weight even in a cold shower i think that's why cold showers are even more challenging because because you're constantly moving yeah so So it's it's constantly cold yes it's it it, it, yes you never get comfortable in it yeah where you can in in just an ice bath you can kind of you kind of get to that place after a minute or so where you're like okay i breathe i can breathe through this yeah i can get comfortable i can get calm but then i if you were when you're doing your fire and ice or hot yeah. and ice or whatever you're doing. Yeah. If you tell people, okay, now just start shaking in there, they're gonna be like, I hate you. Oh yeah, <laughs> they terrible. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, because it's. I tell them all the same thing, Caitlin and I do, because it's true. Yeah, your your body literally heats the water around you, and so it yeah. builds a little layer of warm warmer water yeah. around your body. Yeah. So if you, if, most people just won't do it. They're like, yeah, right. fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, totally. they're like, you're lucky that I'm in the tub in the first place. Yes. But, to touch on the fire and ice. I fucking love doing that because I love guiding people through that because I know how good it feels to do it myself. I love doing them just, I love being there to guide them because, and I'm sure you feel this way too, like with the walks and when you're guiding people through the drew method and they're finding peace in their body, like, cause we do 158 roughly degree sauna. Um, and then they come and they take a plunge. And this, I think in probably maybe the same podcast that Heberman talks about um, the moving so that you stay colder around you, I think might be the same one. He also talks about a study they did at Harvard where this is, they did this cycle where they went from hot to cold, hot to cold, hot to cold three different times. And it increased their human growth hormone by 1600%, a 16 fold wow. increase. Yeah. Dramatic. And it lasted for like three weeks. Um, wow yeah and when and when you kick up hgh like you also kick up other things you know cortisol drops dramatically and when it drops testosterone increases and like you just get this plethora of dramatic hormone optimization results and and you can see it on people's faces when they get in the ice tub for the first time like they stand there in front of the ice tub and they're like oh fuck i don't know if i could do this and you're like oh you got this you can do this And, and we've had like 65 year old women um, wow. people that are, um, you know, that, that are not healthy physically and they fucking dive right in, dude. And they are such, wow. such badasses, dude. That's and it's amazing. The environment changes everything too, though. Um, but yeah, like, like they jump in, man. And like, at first, you know, it's that, you know, but once they steady their breath and you feel that calm come over them, yeah. like is the guide. Oh, it's yeah. so exciting. Like I yeah. feel I, f- I feel like all that energy and it like it, it's it's like soaks me with yeah. like the f- oh, I just feel so fucking good man but um I I love the ice myself Caitlin it's funny because if you think of the yin and yang or masculine and feminine like the the masculines the fire and the feminines yeah. the cold and maybe it's just the natural balance um and, and more men seem to be into the ice plunging mm-hmm. than women. And maybe it's because it helps to balance the masculinity. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I way prefer cold plunging than I do the sauna. I'll do the oh, sauna. Interesting. And yeah. Caitlin's the opposite. She loves the sauna. She forces herself to do cold yeah. plunge. Yeah. And oh, that's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. So like, we'll do the, when we do it together, like we'll be in the sauna and I'm like, all right, okay, I'm going to go do a plunge. And she's like, okay and she'll come out and she'll like put half of her body in and she'll be like i'm not feeling it this time <laughs> and so i'll you know i'll do the thing but 
Um, yeah, no, it, it's fun. It, it's fun experimenting with the cold plunge too. Like you said, like, um, I'm sure that you've done like Wim Hof breathing and stuff in the mm -hmm. plunge. And, yeah. um, I think it was, yeah, maybe it was in Susanna Soberg's, um, research. And one of, one of the people who are heavy into the research with heat and heat and cold, um, said that about 20 seconds completely submerged in like 40 degree or, or below, um, water does roughly the same as like five minutes of like 45 degree water. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. And, and I guess it's just because there's that threshold, like there's, yeah. there's just thresholds all over. So yeah. With your, with your whiskey barrel, are you like, how often do you have to change the water in that? Like I just use a trough currently. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a trough with sort of a, uh, a nozzle on the outside to drain it and yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have one of those in, in the States that I use. Uh, but here, I, what I did is I just put my own nozzle on it. So oh, I, yeah. I, uh, I drained the water. Um, I'm trying something different right now. So I'm, I'm trying to get it to go a week. It, it's easier to go a week at this time because it's so cold. Yeah. Um, so maybe you have some input here, but I've been putting some Epsom salts in it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do the, the, the immersion and put some salts in it. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems to have stayed clean. Yeah. It's been maybe three or four days now. Typically, I'm replacing it every three to four four days, yeah. but I I would like it to last longer, um, just so I'm not wasting all that water so you know so often. Yeah. Um, but I think I can get away with a, about a week at a time right now in the cold weather. That's pretty good. Yeah, a lot yeah. more often in the summer probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The summer is a challenge for me because yeah. I, I love. Um, I just don't want to go buy ice every day. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I know some people have like freezers and stuff that they yeah. plug in and that'd be nice, but um, right. it's just, and maybe that's just the way life is, right? Like you go, it's seasonal. So yeah. you, you get better cold in the winter and you, your body just, it doesn't get it as much in the summer. And maybe that's just fine. That's just how yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, unless you, unless you have ice or you have something plugged in. Right. Um, I was going to say, um, about the, the cold exposure one of the things that i notice a lot is when i get out of the water i like to spend some time just standing there i, I don't know if you do this or not and i don't i think most people just immediately jump to war getting a towel on them and getting a robe on them but there's something to the sensations that are happening on your body as especially if you have sunshine because the yeah, sun will yeah. hit your body and it, it if it's cold out it doesn't immediately warm you but there is a sensation or if there's wind or if there's, um, I mean, the, the hairs in your, your body start to stand up and prickle. And there's these sensations that I, I sort of crave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and, the, and there's also for those who haven't done cold or maybe who have, there's that sensation. If you're in cold water for long enough, it's like ice in the veins. Right. Yes. And I, I love that feeling. It's so <laughs> it's, it's actually a, when I first, it first happened to me, I, I was a bit scared. I was like, what the, the hell's happening i don't know if this is good and i'm sure that it, it could be dangerous for for certain people or or if you're if you're not able to warm up quick quick enough you probably work your way into hypothermia and stuff but yeah. but there's something about that cold water sort of pulsing through your veins and the, the the shivers that come yeah and i think shivering is actually supposedly pr pretty good for you actually so it is um yeah. Yeah. so the whole process i, I what I, it's in the drew method is about waking up and becoming present so so when i guide people through this it's not just okay this is going to wake you the hell up it's it's also if you pay attention 
you're going to become hyper present because yeah. you're able to notice. I mean, you really can't be thinking about <laughs> what you're going to do later in the day because you're so in the moment, right? Yeah, so true. Yeah, so true. So, so you kind of have to be present. Yeah. And then when you get out, you're able to then maybe at a little more comfortable way, notice what's happening with my body, paying attention to the sensations that are happening. And 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 hopefully with the, the mindfulness and the movement and the cold and the the slowing down the coffee to pay attention to the process, Hopefully all these things together over time, you're, you're slowly finding yourself noticing more, being more aware, being more present in the moment. And then that, that spills out into your day, which, which is the goal of, of what I've done is, is, is to have a a system that's structured and organized that wakes you up and allows you to practice being present to, to the moments so that that spills over into your day. No, that's powerful, man. And that's so true because if you can, even if you can only remain present for the three minutes you're in the ice tub or for the three minutes that, for the 20 minutes that you're making your slow drip coffee, like just those 23 minutes a day, are they're going to change things and it's going to compile so that it's a fantastic start for anybody Yeah, because we live in a world that's, it's really easy. You get notifications all the fucking time on your phone and all your devices depend on what you know, you're carrying with you, like you're always getting updates and reasons to not be present yeah. in the moment and to right. hear what your kids are saying. It's so Oh easy. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That, that is so true. Uh, especially with technology and kids, like yeah. I'll be on my phone texting. I mean, today I was, I was driving. I was thinking, okay, we got this podcast going on and my kids are talking to me. And I was like, I, I, I like, I didn't hear anything they said because yeah. I was stuck in my mind. Right. Yeah. But I have noticed with kids that they they're good at getting you back into the moment because yeah. I mean, whether it's I mean, I had this great experience where I was I, for whatever reason, I was stuck in my head driving. And one of my girls, there was a song on the radio and she's singing the song. And all of a sudden I hear her singing this song. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it, it like it snapped me right back into yeah. the moment. And I could just sit yeah. there and listen to her. She had no idea that this was happening in me. <laughs> right. It was, but it was, it was, it was really powerful to see how that snapped me back into the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's real. It's beautiful. It's raw. Yeah. 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 Anyways. No, it's so true, man. And being, being a father is one of the most wonderful things in the world. And when you're, when you lose yourself in the other bullshit and then one of your kids is like tugging on your shoulder and you realize that you haven't given them attention in, you know, yeah. however long you're like, fuck, I'm sorry. I'm so, yeah. I'm just so sorry. And let's, you know, let's do something about that. And so I really, I think that's really powerful. I think a lot of people need to do stuff like that. The Just finding space and time every day to legitimately be present because it, it all, it all spills over. If you're, if you can be present for, you know, 20 minutes in the morning, then you're more likely to spend even just 30 seconds here and there present. And and the more you do it, the more compiles. The next thing you know, you actually know what's going on in your life and you have control. And you're not missing out on it. Yeah. I I think that's the most, uh, I think that's what kind of jolts me when I realize that is I go, it's actually this moment right now that is life. And when I missed that moment too many times, man, I just missed how I missed a lot of my life, Yeah, which is the main, one of the main reasons I went to this mindfulness meditation um, uh, intensive was I, I was working a lot 
and yeah. and I I wasn't there for my my kids. Like I'd come home, I'd get back on my phone because I got espresso machines breaking, and I've yeah. got employees that aren't showing up, and I've got all this drama. And as I was selling, um, I I realized I I need to figure out how to. I don't even know if I'm present. Like, how do I get present again? Right. And uh, and and so that was the big sort of driving force for me to to actually yeah. take take a course on how to how to become present. Yeah, and when you realize too, like, because there's so much more that goes on there. Like the the kids, like everyone says, it goes fast, and it really does go fast. Like I can't tell you how many times there's been like you know old people come up to you at the store and they're like, "Ah, oh, cherish these moments." It's, yeah, you know they don't last long, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You're like whatever, I just want to sleep tonight. Yeah, just <laughs> exactly tired. And the next thing you know, you know they're fucking five years older yeah. than they were, and you're like. Yeah, you're right. It does go fast. It goes really fast. And how much of that time did I spend just not present, not aware, not in, you know, for me, that was a big part of why I shifted um, and left the career I was in because I realized that I'd missed, I'd missed things that I could never get back. Like I gotta, I need to stop. That that has to change for me. That's that's not the life I want. It's it's just not going to work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kudos to you for doing that. It's, um, it's an important step and I'm sure yeah. that at some level it's a, I mean, maybe not, but it, it's probably scary at times or less, it feels risky or, or maybe you don't feel safe or, or whatever, but, but for the, for the moments, right. To be with yeah. your family. Um, yeah. I think that's probably a beneficial move for you. Oh, I think, I think it is for everybody. I think everybody and anybody should should consider what they have going on and, and think about their family. And if, if you do have kids uh, and a wife, like be grateful for that and mm-hmm. focus on trying to be present in their lives because yeah, those kids, they aren't, they aren't going to be kids forever. And right. like mine are, you know, six, five and one, but like I was lucky enough to realize that they weren't going to be kids forever mm-hmm. before they were adults. And I think a lot of people don't, they don't realize it until their kids are 20 years old and they're like, wow, what happened to my child? I wasn't there for any of it. And you still might, even if you're present for the whole kid's life, you still might feel that way. But, you know, I think that's, that's something that's been taken away from us. And I think that like what you have going on with the mindful movements, the drew method, what you have going on with the walks and the unschooling, I think that, I think you're doing all the right things to, to be present and to be there in your children's lives and to be, a guide in their learning instead of just a bystander. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It, it uh, feels good to be where I'm at right now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's all that matters, right? Like, if, yeah. 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 And once part of being present too, is realizing how you actually feel. And mm-hmm. because if you're not present, it, you're the way you feel is how you felt or how right. you oh, think yeah. you're gonna feel in the future. So right, you're right, not right. actually feeling what you're feeling. So in yeah. The moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if uh, you know when you feel good in the moment, but if you're always worried about something that happened last week or something that's going to happen in a week, yeah, then you're never able to feel the way you feel. It's, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing to realize with, I think, I think it, it, it's two sides of a coin or maybe it's a full circle. I'm not, I, I maybe not quite sure how to explain it, but it, it, it's feeling and noticing when you feel good. It's also noticing when you don't feel good. It's noticing okay, I have some lower back pain or it's noticing, you know, the, the grief from the loss of somebody. Yeah. It, it, basically it's being present for all the emotions, all the feelings, all the sensations, whether you think they're good or bad, they just are right. 
and, yep. and, and instead of missing out because it's really easy to i want to brush that bit under the rug and i want to experience and feel this yep. great for the feeling or for wanting to feel this but don't sweep that other stuff under the rug it'll come back yep. to bite you it's you know yep. it's, it's lurking down there in the shadows and so yep. instead instead like grieve that or yeah. deal with that what is that what, what you know what i mean like yeah. I, I used to think oh being present i'm gonna notice all the good things but the more present i got the more i was like i'm also noticing <laughs> the things i don't want to notice yeah. like i'm i'm noticing my anxiety more i'm noticing yeah. you know the stinky trash can more or i'm <laughs> noticing you know whatever it might be or i'm noticing that i, I feel really uncomfortable in this argument more yeah. instead of running away yeah so so the presence come being presence comes it, with like the whole thing yeah absolutely that's i mean like everybody says like you have to do the shadow work you have to do like the yeah, that's a little bit more spiritual but like you have you um but well, the best way that i could figure to word this is like you know we all we all have baggage we all have like you know call it demons whatever like we have these little these little things that bother us but yeah, you can't you can't just hide them and cover them because, like you said, yeah. then they're gonna build and build and build, and then when they finally push down the door that you closed on them to try to hide them, it's gonna explode everywhere. Yeah, and, and it's uh, a mess. It's a total mess. Yeah, I was just talking <laughs> to a friend about this yesterday. Yeah, like you you hold on to it for too long, and the next thing you know, like you started a fight at I don't know, like a birthday party, you know, with a cousin or just you know whatever because of something totally stupid. Because you had enough and, and you had never processed the way you felt because you were never present enough to process it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you have to. And I think that's a part of like is a is a a modern person, like we don't have the ability to really explore, or at least we don't give ourselves the opportunity to explore like our primal emotions very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like anger and like yeah. true love and like the belly laugh, you know, like we minimize all of our feelings so much not being present we like you don't want to laugh too loud yeah. you know you don't want to love too much you don't want to get too angry and yell like we're, we're civilized man come on yeah we're civilized <laughs> but it's it it does that it just shuts doors on emotions yeah. and they don't get to fully you know move and then yeah. next thing you know yeah like and then and then you fucking start bawling your eyes out because something happened this shouldn't have made you that sad. Yeah, your you know, toast like, got burned or something. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> yeah like why does that matter? Well, it's <laughs> it's all this stuff that's built up, right? Exactly. It's not just yeah. the toast. It's not the spilled yeah. milk. It's the, you know, the years of compressing, you know, my bullshit that led yeah. me to this point. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. So I think that's I think that's cool as fuck. And I think I think it's cool that you're stretching that out to to people. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's um it's um I don't know if it feels like important work or not. It, it, it's something that it's something that I enjoy. Yeah. And if others are, you know, finding some sort of benefit with it, then great. Well, that's um, the best work, right? Yeah, that's exactly. The, like, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. I, um, I think somebody asked me recently, like, what do you want to do? Or what do you, how, like, I, I don't even think they worded it this way, but about changing the world or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I just want, like, I started apprentice beekeeping. And oh, I, nice, said, yeah. I, I said, I said, I just want to do beekeeping. Like that, I'm not looking to change the world, but maybe somebody will be inspired by beekeeping. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? If 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 that's what it is, great. I I uh, I don't know that beekeeping is going to you know change anybody's life besides mine. But if it does, great. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I, I, that's the only way to do. It's just leading with the heart, leading like leading chest forward. Yeah. Yeah, leading that direction because no matter 
it doesn't matter if you're if you're making a million bucks doing it or if you're making enough to get by you know it's it's really about how you feel and if uh of course if you feel great making a lot of money you know <laughs> i'm happy to do that too but... yeah no kidding yeah yeah i don't have a problem with that either <laughs> that's like keep, a, that's keep it coming my way right yeah exactly yeah no <laughs> shit yeah that's a big part of that i think that's I think that's really cool though too. I didn't know that you got into the beekeeping. That's cool. Yeah, it was a it just happened to, uh this is my first almost full year doing it, but yeah. So we'll be we just had uh one of the little farms here. I've been helping out on the um one of the we have we have five hives and one of the hives didn't make it. So uh, next week we have to go figure out and sort of be detectives and figure out what happened. Oh that um, sucks. Yeah, it does suck, but the other the other hives are doing well. So yeah. Um, what what kind of bees are they? Like your typical honeybee? Or... Yeah, t I mean, I think there's there's a variety of bees because yeah. because he's picked up a couple swarms. People have donated some. He got new queens, and on the queens mating, they are breeding with a variety of different oh. drones. So yeah. uh, I don't know all the <laughs> all the kinds that are there because there's right. a variety of kinds. Um, Next podcast, I'll have that answer. Yeah, there you. you go. Yeah, we'll talk about bees next time. <laughs> right, right, right. These are fascinating. Oh, they are too. I, I don't know a lot about them, but every time someone talks about them, I'm always interested to know more. Yeah, well, we'll dive deeper on the, on the podcast number two. Yeah, good, because we could talk about the importance of bees and insects and yeah. bees in particular, yeah, which which is big. There's a lot of big stuff there. That could be a really good, that could be like a four-hour long one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not at 10 o'clock at night for me. Yeah, yeah maybe we change it next time. My, my brain may not work much longer, so. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, speaking of that, we, we should wrap it up. Oh, um, sorry, that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the cue to wrap this up. <laughs> no, no, it, it did remind me, though, because I, I have a kettlebell class to teach tonight, so I need to, ah, that's right. I, I also need to clean up the space a little bit and get my mind um, off of that into kettlebells instead, so. Sure, yeah, so, good. So, hey, I, well. Um, this is this is a good conversation. Um, yeah. So for anybody who wants to check out Drew, and I think that you definitely should um, find him, what, what are the best places for people to find you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm um, just basically on Instagram uh, at the Drew Method. It's actually the, the underscore Drew oh, underscore okay. method. Um, and then from there, I do have a link to uh, the walks too, so could, people could pick that up. Um, Let's see. The Wax is also on YouTube, but that's it. I, I, I try to keep it minimal to Instagram. I, uh, yeah. I haven't got on other places to really push anything, but uh, but feel free to look on there. It'll, there's a link to the website to read up on me and um, you can uh, kind of take a peek at what the course might look like if you're interested. Also order some coffee. Um, yeah, there you, go. you can order individual bags or subscriptions. And um, yeah, you, I mean, feel free to send me an email if you're uh, something on Instagram if you just want to connect. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah. If you need yeah, some help with your morning routines, then uh, I'm here to help. I know a lot of you fuckers out there do, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so reach out. And uh, yeah. and his coffee is really good. I love the Mindful Blend. That was my favorite one yeah. by far. Yeah. Was that blend. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what was the name of the other blend that you have? You have the Mindful Blend and then the... Uh, the other is just a single origin. Right now it's a Honda oh. and... Yeah, so from, um, from Honduras, organic, single origin from Honduras, from Honduras. That's very good coffee. It's definitely yeah. very good coffee. Yeah. And every, everybody 
that I know always needs more coffee. Yes, so, they do. So, so order up, people. Order yeah, up. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Drew, man. I, yeah. I really appreciate you, man. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to get on the show. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for being so patient waiting for me. Uh, thank you for being patient with me too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your kettlebell class. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. See you later.